0: In this episode of Two-Eyed Seeing, we have the wonderful honor of having Grandmother Renee Thomas-Hill join us, so make sure you stay tuned to hear all the wonderful teachings from Grandmother Renee. Hello, Sago, and welcome. You're listening to Two-Eyed Seeing, bridging the Western and Indigenous understanding of health, healing, and life. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Connors, naturopathic doctor and birth doula and knowledge seeker of Mohawk and European ancestry. Each week, I will be bringing you information about health and wellness from both perspectives so we can learn and grow together as we journey through life on this place we call Earth and Turtle Island. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two-Eyed Seeing. As I mentioned in the introduction, we are very lucky to have Grandmother Renee Thomas-Hill with us today. little bit about Grandmother Renee. She is a Cayuga elder, and she has been teaching within our communities for a very long time. She offers ceremony, traditional teachings, storytelling, helping us to reconnect to our culture and tradition, as well as working within trauma and grief spaces and doing one-to-one sessions with people in various uh, settings as well. She is of Mohawk Nation Turtle Clan from the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory, and as a Haudenosaunee woman, she is charged to pass on the teachings of our way of life and the message of peace, power, and righteousness and sacredness. She shares as an indigenous woman, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, educator, historian, and artisan, carrying on the stories of our ancestors, holder of names, storyteller, traditional golden age smoke dancer, traditional counselor slash healer for addiction treatment centers, traditional knowledge of our plants, foods, and medicines, and agriculturist as well as she tends to keep our seeds and helps with the continuation of our traditional seeds, as well as grieving support and ensuring that we are taking care of our spiritual beings. And with that, I will turn things over now to the rest of our interview. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I know it's been a little while since we've gotten together here on Two-Eyed Seeing, but I have a wonderful guest with us today. Grandmother Renee has agreed to join us, which is so wonderful to have her. She is one of our wonderful elders that we're so lucky to have within our community. And she and I uh, co-host what is called Moon Lodge. And that's kind of what we're gonna to be touching on a little bit today. What is Moon Lodge? What is it all about? Because so many of us don't really remember or know what the Moon Lodge was about and why we had Moon Lodge and why why it's so important for our communities and for for us, especially as Indigenous women, but as, as Indigenous people in general. And so um, I'm going to turn it over to Grandmother Renee to start us off in a good way. Thank you so much for being here, Grandmother Renee. It's such a pleasure to have you. It's wonderful to be with you, Sarah,
1: and sharing. So, I give thanks to to all creation. And most of all, I give thanks to you for having this um, opportunity of sharing, sharing uh, an understanding of life. And so here we are. It's so natural that um, I'm the, the grandmother and you are of the younger. And so that was what we really um, played, played a very important role in our lives as um, long ago. That you know, I look forward to being this. You know, someone asked me if I would like to be 22 again. I said no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said I'm. I'm very happy um, where I am right now. I said I'm mm-hmm. very happy, and and I don't have to worry about all this. All these um, new challenges the young people have today is is wow. You know, when I was growing up, we never had to deal with so much makeup and, uh, as they say, um, things to make them look ideal. And it's it's challenging to them. And so, um, to us, it was as women, we need to learn how to be, um, as they say, remember our gifts of who we are inside. You know, though you can't, as my grandma would say. The beauty on the the outside will soon fade away when you get older and you'll have wrinkles. Ah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And she
1: said the wisdom that you have, people will not even notice your wrinkles. (laughs) And so this is why it played a very important role in our time. And so I give thanks to all the ancestors and to all those grandmothers of long ago. And I give thanks to... That first woman that came from Skyworld. And because of her, this is why um, we were taught that this woman came through all life experience was to help us each month. And that's what um, this woman had gone through. She had gone through a lot of trials, just like any young girl, learning how to be a woman, learning how to function on a daily basis with the demands that were at hand, like, taking care of so many other people. But the most important thing that was given was that moon lodge, the moon, your moon time, because it was a gift that people have forgotten. It was a gift of self-care, it was a gift of love. And so when the women received their moon time, it was a time where they would, they could be released from their duties, daily duties, and go and rejuvenate renew their bodies and it played a very important role on relationships your relationship with yourself relationship with your children relationship with with your um, partner with your parents i had to laugh because um, my son has all daughters and and you know what happens once a month and um and she said to me she calls me up and she says Graham, get over here and talk to your son (laughs) and remind him. And so, so I have to think about that, you know, um, because we have so much changing in our, in our bodies that, you know, we may be a little cranky at times. And so I think it also spared the (laughs) man, but it also taught um, uh, absent makes the heart grow fonder. And so when you were in that, um, when you, we're uh, receiving that moon time, it was always in according to the changing of that moon. And some of us have um, come as a time, that time of flowing in different times of the moon. And so um, one of the things is that um, it's like a, a blessing. It's, that's all I can describe it. If you hate your moon time, like today's society teaches us to hate our moon time, yeah. It, we're gonna have a lot of health problems because we're we're abusing our bodies. We're telling it to hate it when it's a it's a gift. It's a natural flow of of um, renewing our lives, and to sh- also to show us how much how much we give ourselves. Because you know, it's so sad that you know my mother would have really heavy heavy uh, periods. And I often question that. And then I looked at her one day and I saw how much she gave, how much she give and give and give, you know, give of your heart and comforting and consoling everyone else. It's just like, wow, no wonder she's, um, it's showing how much she had given of herself. Mm-hmm. And so those are the times when we would take, um, take this time five days and and go and off what they would call a resort today. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it would be, uh, they would go to a uh, a lodge where the women were known to, this was where the women would go to be taken care of. And in there would be um, the grandmothers and the aunties that have have are in their past menopause as they call today. Um, they would be the ones that, um, I look forward to that time because it meant that I could touch the medicines. I could do a lot of things because when you were in that moon time, it meant you had to had to step step back and um, take care of yourself. It wasn't because you were contaminating; it was because you had so much um, emotions that was coming out of you that you had to that you had to be careful because you could influence. Like they say today, they're understanding how our energy can affect other energy. And right. it was very important. So I was very happy that we we um, we did this because it was so nice to, sh- it was like, um, you're the auntie and I was the grandma and what we were sharing was the knowledge of, because you were younger, you went out and seen the world and where I was still of the old set, we kind of went well together sharing this um the two worlds and that's how it was because the aunties also will remind the young girls they play a very important role in in the uh, in, in a young girls and young man's life is having having your 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 mother your grandmother and your aunties because they would share a lot of life experiences
0: absolutely and just so, so that for those who may not know why was it that um, a woman on her on her moon time or her period wasn't supposed to touch um, the medicines what was what was the reasoning behind that I know you mentioned that it wasn't about being unclean which is unfortunately kind of the concept that a lot of modern uh, society has come to is that there's something unclean about our period but it's not quite that Um, it's actually something something else
1: yes it's our emotions um along it also was to help us to cry um, those we forget when we have those cramp, when those pains come we forget um a long time ago we would go with those and cry because it was taking it was a natural way of processing a release of all those emotions that we had that had occurred during that month and so um so the creator gave you many ways of releasing it was through your again, water, fluid to release it. And so you would either you could cry or it would come out of you in that way that you were created to have that um, place that it would gather and then come out once a month. It was just like I heard it referred to a holding tank of your of emotions. Oh, and, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was like this is why it's just like a thunderstorm. This is why the cramps. It was just like that body movement is the the rolling of the thunders coming across. And so when you're you're um, you feel that big storm coming, and that's where you get the back ache. You get your. It was just re re renewing yourself, cleaning yourself from inside to go to the outside. And so this is why it was like. Um, it seemed like a big flood coming through sometimes and you were afraid to move around because it was like the dam opened up and and here comes all the, and and, uh, people had, I know one time I was talking and they had asked, so what did they do for pads? Yeah, that was a good question. I said, I'm grateful you asked that question because I said, what they did was use moss, moss you know, that moss, that real nice soft, that's what they would use. Um, They would use that. And um, they would, um, most likely they would, they had dug a hole too, and and this time they would, because they were always doing during that, those 28 days they were doing. So, I mean, 20 20 days they were doing. And um, so this was a time where they would just kind of be, resting, completely just not doing nothing. It didn't, it wasn't a, uh, what, we've been programmed that your guilt, you know, they're shaming us for laying down when that time is they, they they bring that guilt on us. And and, um, no matter how tired we are, we get up and we do it. But a long time ago, it was very different. It was a time of a lot of self-care of allowing your body to process that by just laying there in this um, um, taking in all the nutrients because at that time, the grandmothers would be there and the aunties and we would had all this medicine gathered. We would have the medicine gathered. So when they came, what's the first thing we would do is that we would um, we would clean them and because there's medicines you can use to, um, to ease their mind ease the, and there's teas that you release those muscles um strawberries is, is that relationship with the mother, I mean the, with the women. And those leaves on the strawberries, that's what they were saved. And they would make them tea, make teas out of them. Mm-hmm. And so but there was many other teas that we used too that had that would help those women um even bring in um being fertile. Being bringing on the labor, we had these teas that would ease in the the labor and, you know, a lot of our people when it was time to carry a child and and we were always moving because it wasn't a part of grooming our babies that um, instilled in them that movement was very important. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the grandmothers would say, you don't be laying around when you're with the child you are to be doing because it it already starts to groom that child ah I have to be moving I have to be doing and so so this is why we think about um in that time the women would get this understanding that if you want your child to be very um productive and helpful in the home is continue to do those things so when he come when he or she comes they know intuitively what they are supposed to be doing and it wasn't called chores at that time it was contributing to a healthy home right everyone, yeah everyone played a part from the smallest to the oldest and so it was not referred as a chore and so i really enjoy doing dishes today and i had to laugh one time i was i worked i used to work at a treatment center and um, sometimes they had been assigned duties and <laughs> one young man come in and his grandma I my hands are just wrinkly oh, i've been doing dishes over over a week now and he says oh, my hands are just wrinkly i says oh look at mine i says oh i says i've been doing them for over 60 years and they still look <laughs> <do it. laughs> <laughs> so those are things that we we shared with those women when they came there on their moon time we would talk about how to understand their relationship with their partner and how to understand their children, what their children were going through. And so it was like, um, I guess you'd call it workshops today, where a mother would learn how to be a better parent, where where a, a daughter would learn how to be a better um, female. And so these are where, this was our schooling. It was the moon time, but it was done in a kind and good way. And, and it would be where... Just like when when we're carrying a child, we have to massage our bodies. And you have to do that with, when you're still, um, because you're carrying a seed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like in a garden, you have to keep hoeing it to make it sure that it's going to be, as they say, fruitful. So even okay. your body, you need massaging. You need massaging. And that's why we wore moccasins, because... When we wore moccasins, we were um, we were getting as they called reflexology. Yep, yep. We were reflexology because it was helping us to um, remove a lot of those tension in our backs and our necks and all of, all these our, our stress level. Mm-hmm. And so this is why um, wearing our moccasins um, helped us. But it was we all crave you know what that touch the massage. And um, this plays a very important role, even preparing our bodies. What do we do when we have a cramp? Don't we massage our bodies? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's something that uh, we often talk about. Uh, Almost everyone who's listening, you know this, but just to remind you, I also work as a naturopath in my practice. And that's something we talk about, that's right. And then other things we would have done would have been adding heat, having, so having some heat to help to relax those muscles. You know, we call it hydrotherapy now, but those were the kinds of things that, that we would do. Um, and like you said, it's, it's that, that message of self-care that Moon Lodge is really about um, and how sadly we've lost a lot of that now. And so bringing back those, those teachings and those traditions of Moon Lodge in different ways so that we can bring these teachings back because so many women don't know these things. We don't know what our moon time actually means. We don't know the lessons of um, how we can be good stewards of ourselves and, and how to help our families. And that's the lessons, really, that we're meant to be learning from from Moon Lodge. So a
1: lot of our women, our aunties and our grandmas, and um, they played a very important role because they were our doctors. They understand emotions. They understood because they had experience. And that goes right back to our creation story. All the feelings that she was experiencing, the doubts and the fears and So we would probably share that story of that and remind him that you know this happened because maybe you were you were you weren't being mindful. Your mind was so be careful when when you're out there. You know these accidents happen because your mind get caught up in stress, worrying, and so these are things that was we learn how to breathe, and that's what we would teach him because even in birthing we would give them that opportunity to, to as they say, re- replace anxiety, replace all those things with peace. And so I'm so grateful when you, how my mother, my grandma, my aunties talked about birthing before I had my firstborn. And my, um, because I moved to the big city from, from the reserve and and it's hard to find a doctor that you can feel trust and worthy, you know, those things that, so I, I remember what my grandmother had taught me, what my mother had taught me, my aunties had taught me. And so when I went, when I was, um, I was getting ready to come home, but my son wanted to come early. And so I, um, I went into the big hospital and, um, I had my child, my son, my firstborn. And, um, they had asked me to lay down. Oh, my goodness. I, that, I said, oh, that's not that's. it was hard to do that. I said, I have to get up and walk. I almost was going to say, don't you know, gravity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true, though, like and even like it's gotten a bit better now than when you would have been in the, the hospital with your with your firstborn. But that's still the case. They still have you on the bed. They still have you laying on, on your back. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's working against gravity and the natural forces that will help to encourage the baby to, to come, right? And so that's, those are the things, right, that we that we would usually talk about in, in Moon Lodge when mm-hmm. she was getting ready, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I um, got up, I just had
1: to keep and um, they wanted to put me and they were going to strap me down, but I said, let me do it this way. And sure enough, my baby, doctor, my baby was, I was only, uh, I got up there at um, just after 12 and he was born not shortly after. I didn't have long labors. And that's what they say when you welcome that baby, when you talk about that baby, um, the baby knows that you are anxious to see him, so they'll, they'll come. But if you have doubts and fears, um, that baby will say, mm, maybe I'm, I shouldn't come right now. She's not ready. And so you can have false labor. Mm-hmm. So that's what the grandmothers talk about. Because the, you hear a lot of wives' tales. They call them old wives' tales. But, you know, those are things that, those were doctor advice. <laughs> Our doctors, traditional doctors, they were an old wives' tale. They were are professional. They knew. And that's why they used them. I don't know why they call them old wives' tale. It was
0: good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying, um, in terms of birth and how you went through it, that's, that's unfortunately what we see so much of now is that women are afraid women are afraid of childbirth because again, it's another, it's, it's almost like there was a shroud of mystery thrown over top of our, our moon time years, our reproductive years from the time we get our moon time to our experience of our moon time to pregnancy and birth. And then even um, when we transition out into what's called menopause now um, it's, it's, it's just shrouded in, in so the, com- the common expression for most women is that they don't know these things. They don't know exactly what, what we're talking about here. And that that was the purpose of Moon Lodge, was to share these stories so that a woman could feel like mm-hmm. she was prepared, like she knew what she was doing. And do you, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You... Do you feel that if women actually knew these things, that their their moon time, their their pregnancy and their birth and, and their reproductive years would would work better?
1: Yes, and they would have a better relationship um, in the world today. A relationship with their. Um, I, I think they wouldn't need the doctors as much. I really don't. It wouldn't, because they would know how to take care of them and their children today. Um, If their children get a fever right away, call the doctors. And it's a natural thing. It's the body's way of burning off the virus, burning down that comes and wants to invade. And and, uh, it's sad that um, our grandmothers taught us that the most important thing is that you eat. You eat because, you know, they said there may not be a hospital nearby and you eat. You eat these foods that that comes from our creation story, our natural foods, because they're going to help you build a strong baby. And um, um, we forget that having a lot of salads was was where we were groomed. You know, when I was milk was the most important thing. But to us, it was the greens. It was greens having soups that contained. That was where a lot of iron and nutrients. And so these are the things that because we didn't have cows back then. And so this is why we used um, where does the cow get all his nutrients? We went right to the source. Yep, And, and even in hunting the, with the bones, um, we would save those bones and we would make bone broth. Mm. So um, they would be given a lot of medicines to help them um, to strengthen those children, because that's how grandma would explain you eat. So your child does not need a hospital.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah just really highlights how important and, and we know this but we seem to forget it too is how important and foundational good nutrition is. Yes
1: and the importance too is that that um, acknowledging your tears um, you're to let your children know that that you're going to have hard days you know they call them um, what's that after birth the pet, uh, postpartum Uh, blues, Mm -hmm. you're going to have, you're going to have, you may have blues, but I I was lucky. I, because of that, I I didn't have them. I was, I was so blessed. I was Mm -hmm. so happy that I was a mother that I didn't, I didn't have that. And, And I was very grateful because that again has to do with your attitude by you being out walking and you eating the right food. So when you have your child, you, you don't, I think blues are come because, oh, I got another responsibility. I got, I got, it's like worrying, putting worrying into your body when they would tell us you, um, whenever you're feeling that, that, um, sing. Because what a creation store is to sing, to sing. And, mm. and even to dance, oh, I know one of my friends she did the smoke dance right up till she was going to deliver and I think she delivered the baby the next day. Oh but, wow. Yeah. So so dancing was a way of 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 removing that negativity energy that was making you feel not worthy not you know feeling burnt out I guess that would be. Yeah. That's why it was so important to take the nutrients before so that you didn't by giving birth to that baby, because you give so much, to that baby, you still had some for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you had been given broth and everything to rebuild what you had lost. Right. Yeah. So there are foods that we are to eat after, after birthing. I mean, more soups, I would say after birthing, because it puts back the nutrients that what your body had gone in, um, as they we went through that process mm-hmm.
0: what would have been some of our other traditional foods other than um like some of the broths and soups and things
1: well that's why um, it depend on the season too you know mm-hmm. yeah. to your baby your baby was born what you would have to um you would be eating those foods prior to knowing when you were going to give birth so it varied because of that season that the moon that they were to be born in.
0: So, yeah. Right. Because then, yeah, like you said, it'd be, especially if we're talking even before uh, colonization and things like that, it would be very seasonally dependent, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, yes. That's why I said soup was more more important because you can even, you can boil um, um, barks. You can boil roots and those are... They're, they're more beneficial than, than the solid food, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the, the medicines was just being outside, being walking. And that's what um, um, my grandma said. I want you to do, when you do housework, I want you to just um, wash floor on a regular basis. And I don't want you using a mop. I want you to get down and squat, and I was hmm okay, and um, because that helps the birthing, you're squatting. Mm-hmm. So our what you would call household household chores, it was
0: enabling you to have your baby quickly. Right. It was like you said. It's 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 preparing. It's yeah. all the things that we can do to prepare ourselves ahead of time, so that we're not trying to do these things um last minute because realistically you a lot of this stuff you you can't just decide a month or two months before your baby's born. <laughs> oh right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start squatting now and <laughs> that's gonna become a that's gonna become a natural thing now. <laughs> so and and like I know we've mentioned this when we've talked about it in Moon Lodge um is how that importance of movement and, and all the different kinds of movement because that enables your body to be to be strong and healthy for anything.
1: It, but it also prepares your um, your muscles, your stomach muscles, to return back. Mm-hmm. So when you've been doing those squattings and those stretches, it your body um, allows that 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 movement of your of your skin. Because if you've been doing uh, walking and all that, it goes quickly back because you continue to walk and do those things. So yeah.
0: Oh, so for anyone listening who's thinking you need like a tummy tuck and some of this stuff that people talk about now, you don't need that. You just need to be walking. Yeah.
1: I have a um, a young man that had. Um, I was out getting the mail one day. I live in the country and and. And here, I, I seen this young man coming down walk, walking, and I he said, hello, Renee, and I go, looking at him. Then I realized, here he used to be quite big. He used to be really big, you know. He was about six something, but he was also solid. Here he was slim, slim. He had been walking. He had been walking, um, he said, since the pandemic, He got out and he started walking, and so he he said, "And I feel so good." And that was that was um, a reminder. And that's when mom said, "Your grandma and your mom and your auntie says this is when you take your babies out, introduce them to the natural elements, so they don't get sick so quickly." But you bundle them, and always remember to bundle them. And I see so many babies are are. Their arms, uh, what do you call it, is their, it's just like they had fallen. You know, babies, their arms are going like this, and it's just like they had fallen. Because their arms were tucked in, in the mother's womb for nine months. And so when they're going to have, the old people, I mean, the, the grandmothers would say, they're going to have um, a lot of emotions later on. They're going to feel abandoned. They're going to feel trauma. And that's why it's so important that they are wrapped for almost a year after they're born so they get used to being on the outside world because they've been through in the inside world of their mother being tucked in security that represents security for the child
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Oh, that that makes that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense that that's wrapping swaddling and I know you you've talked about this teaching quite a bit as well as um, the cradle board, the importance of the cradle board, and yeah. how that that all kind of ties together in terms of that those those first learnings when we come when we come out into the outside world. Um, it makes a, a lot of sense, a lot of sense. Well Wow, it's been such a wonderful bit of time with you grandmother Renee and learning if there's any other you know lessons that you feel are really important um, about the moon lodge about um womanhood what what would be that kind of last parting lesson as we're as we're wrapping up our time together today stay tuned <laughs> I love that <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic! I love it. And for anyone um who's who's listening to the podcast today, and you're interested in hearing more from Grandmother Renee, um from from learning more about Moon Lodge, I would really strongly encourage you to check out um the Moon Lodge with us. If that's something you're interested in, and you want some more information, you can reach out to me through my website. Um, and I'll help to connect you with that resource. Uh, we meet once a month for our monthly uh, Moon Lodge with our wonderful group of women. And these are the kinds of conversations that we have every month. So if that's something that's of interest to you, please do reach out um, and, and we'll, I'll definitely help to get you connected on that. And I just wanna say, again, Grandmother Renee for sharing your time with us, your wisdom with us. And I'm sure we will have you with us again. As you said, I, I don't think I could say it any better. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, everyone, take care. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you, Nyawa, for listening to Two-Eyed Seeing. Leave me a comment. And if you feel called to, please leave a review in iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. If you have questions about the episode or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me at www.sarahconnorsnd.com.